Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 13, Episode 39. This is Writing Excuses, What Writers Get Wrong with Wendy Tolliver. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we are recording live at Salt Lake Comic Con. <laughs> and we also have special guest Wendy Tolliver with us. Wendy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hi. First off, I'm really happy to be here. My name is Wendy Tolliver, as she just said, and I live in Eden, Utah, so that um, lets you know right away that, yes, I do ski and snowboard. I try to go about four times a week, and I'm looking forward to this season this year. Um, I'm also a young adult author, and the last two books that I've written are these beautiful Once Upon a Time books, um, Regina Rising and Red's Untold Tale. And I also am a mother of three crazy boys, um, ages 17, 14, and 11. And my oldest um, has some mental illness issues that I think we're going to be talking about today. That's right. So one of the reasons that we're starting off by having you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself is to remind everyone that, that people are not a monolith. So this is going to be about Wendy's own specific experience. Um, living with a family that has mental illness. Mm-hmm. That's right. So you said that your, your oldest son has some, uh, some mental illness issues. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yes. Um, so my oldest son, he's 17 right now. When he was in the fourth grade, um, we were noticing some behaviors that were impacting um, what we kind of considered a normal little boy's life. Um, he had nice clothes, but he would choose to wear old clothes that didn't fit him very well um, to school. He had a nice backpack, but he would choose to take a grocery sack, one of those recyclable plastic ones, um, for his books to school. And we were noticing that his hands were very um, red and um, they were dry and they started to get blisters on them. And how did that how did that make you feel? Like, what was your emotional reaction before you knew what was going on? We were really nervous about it because um, we were thinking that, you know, he would have something that had to do with cleanliness, um, a mental issue that would have to do with cleanliness. And um, at the very peak of this, um, I remember one of his buddies was over and we were having pizza for dinner and my son stood up in the middle of eating pizza and went upstairs to take a shower. And we started kind of counting how many showers our son took, and it went from, oh, yay, we have a clean boy, whoever heard of that, to him taking up to seven showers a day. Wow. And so that was definitely impacting yeah. his and, life. And, and with, 
like scalding hot water, <sighs> which is what was causing the blisters. Exactly. And I tried to put in the bathrooms gentle, as gentle soap as I could find, um, but still he was walking around and you could see it. Like his skin was bright red and um, he was even bleeding sometimes like from scalding water. So how long did it take before you were able to get a diagnosis on that? So um, it was a pro- we, we were watching him for probably about a month or two, um, if I remember correctly. And then we ended up taking him to a local psychologist who was really good with um, working with children. And he started working with our son. And, and uh, diagnosed him as having... Um, OCD tendencies. So, and OCD is shorthand for obsessive compulsive disorder. Now, by random coincidence, uh, the first story I ever sold was a story about OCD. Oh, wow. Uh, And one of the things that I didn't know before I started researching this was that it comes in a bunch of different flavors. Um, Yeah, I would say that's one of the things the media, media presents OCD in a certain very strong uh, sort of way. And uh, I have a friend who's been diagnosed with OCD, mm-hmm. um, and there's not the hand washing. There's not none of the the stuff that you associate with the TV OCD. Does my friend have? But there is severe anxiety if things aren't lined up in certain ways. That if you know about, like uh, my friend lives a perfectly normal life, except for these little triggers that will really make him anxious. And it's a very interesting thing for me to realize. Well, it was one of those things that started me down the path of understanding that all, all uh, mental illness is a spectrum, and some of it. We don't, you know, it's the, the, the illness part is where it impacts our lives and how it changes our lives in ways we don't want, whereas opposed to it always being just one person with this really, really crazy disease um, that, you know, that sometimes makes good television, yeah. but it may not be accurate. Yeah. Well, and, and this is the reason that we're doing this, uh, this series is because one of the things that, uh, that I'm going to point out is that you were aware that cleanliness disorders were a thing probably because of media you had consumed. Yes. And this is one of the reasons that representation is so important. With that first sale that I made, I, I took it to my voice teacher uh, who was in a, um, a 45-year marriage. And, and I was so proud because it was my first sale and I gave it to her and she read it and then she called me and she said, oh my God, you have described my husband and we are in divorce proceedings right now. And neither of them had realized what was wrong with him because they had never seen his brand of OCD described. And they went, he got medication, and the things that were causing problems in the marriage went away. And it was because of a single story that I wrote in a small press magazine. So this is why it's so important, and so important to represent it accurately and well. So what are some of the things that you see now that you are familiar with it uh, yeah. that, that uh, kind of make you want to flip the table when you're, you're seeing representations of, of families like yours? Um, so one of the things is, and, and I kind of get it because the symptoms do look kind of silly, but it's um, OCD specifically is used um, for humor and, mm-hmm. and quirkiness. And, um, and so you'll see a character and, you know, they wake up and they have to tap their alarm clock eight times and then they have to shuffle over and put um, the shoes on a certain way and things like that. And um, you're kind of watching it on, on a movie or reading about it in a book and you're just kind of like, oh, that's a quirky little character. 
Or another thing that's really um, prevalent with especially OCD is people will say, oh my gosh, I'm so OSD or yeah, OCD because I need to have, um, you know, my towels in the closet facing a certain way. And um, it makes me want to scream because I'm like, don't you understand that it's more than just wanting your towels tidy? It's um, a mental thing where these um, very destructive thoughts are coming into their minds over and over. And they do the compulsions in a way to make themselves feel safer um, with these horrible, sometimes very scary thoughts that are repeating and repeating and repeating. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people will have um, obsessive-compulsive tendency, but the, the D, disorder, is mm-hmm. because it disrupts your life. That's right. And yeah, that's- it's my, uh, my 15-year-old um, suffers from OCD, and one of the things that, I mean, I used to joke about OCD all the time because I like to be very organized. I'm an artist. I've got pencils everywhere, and I obsess over getting them in the right place. If they're not in the right place, I am not compelled to cut myself. That is the difference between OCD and, oh, I am obsessed about being neat. One of the things that I see writers get wrong all the time is this sense that there is an obsession, but the compulsion is never pictured. And the compulsion in my home, the the thought that my daughter might be cutting herself, is terrifying. We do everything we can to make sure that the obsession is correctly fed and managed, um, and it's so nice to have medications to help that so that it's, so that it's easier. Yeah, my uh, brother who has OCD, he uses a metaphor that I think is really great to help you understand what those compulsions are like. He, uh, he, one of his compulsions is self-harm, similar to Howard's daughter. Uh, he wants to make his head bleed. And one night he was sitting watching TV with his wife, and a commercial came on for ice cream. And she said, oh, man, that would really hit the spot right now. I really want that ice cream. And he said, that is how I feel about making my head bleed. Like, I don't need it, but it would just really hit the spot right now. It would be so delicious if I could just hit my head against the wall and make it bleed. That's the kind of compulsions. And so, yeah, when people use OCD for humor, or the one that bothers me is CDO. It's OCD, but the letters are in the right order. Like, you're really making fun of a really harmful thing. Let's go ahead and stop for our book of the week. Um, and the book of the week is Life Inside My Mind. Yes. So that's um, an anthology that's coming out this spring, and um, it's called Life Inside My Mind. And it is, a, um, it is the personal accounts from 31 um, of your favorite young adult authors, and they're talking about um, how mental illness has impacted their lives most of them are personal stories. I was told that mine's one of the only ones that um, not only was talking about someone in the fa- a family member rather than myself, but also I did it from my son's point of view um, in an interview that I did over pizza one day. And um, it has some lines in it that even though I was interviewing him as um, a writer and trying to keep it very, um, you know, even, even emotions, I um, almost broke down and cried because... Um, like some, um, like Dan was saying, or um, when you're talking about OCD, it's so like major sometimes that the only way they can think to get out of it is to cut themselves or to commit suicide. Now the, bleh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. 
we are uh, recording this early so that by the time this actually airs, that will already be available. Oh, that's Correct? fantastic. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you'll be able to get it everywhere. And tell us the, the title again. Okay. It's called Life Inside My Mind. It's edis- edited by Jessica Burkhart, and it's, going, it's being published by Simon Pulse. Great. So one of the things that you, you just mentioned was that some of the things that your son said uh, made you want to, mm-hmm. to cry. What, what sort of surprises, um, because one of the things about OCD and, and a lot of other mental illnesses is that people will mask it very hard to try to keep their family and anyone else from knowing what's going on because of the stigma of, yes. of being crazy. Um, what, what are some of the, the things that surprised you as, uh, that you, you learned about your son through this interview? Um, I, I, what surprised me the most was I didn't realize it was as bad as it was. Mm. I thought that once he was on his medication and once him, he didn't look like his life was being impacted as much, that it was actually being impacted. He just was not sharing what was going on in his mind. Wow. And he was bottling it up and, um, to this day, the, he takes really long baths, and that's one of the things that helps him. And, um, and one of the things that helps us is I try to open up that communication with him, and I try to let him tell me everything that's in his mind, because I feel like that helps him, and it helps me understand him better as well. What are some of the other ways that, uh, that it has impacted your life? Um, because, and this is one of the things about being in a family uh, with someone who has uh, uh, any kind of uh, illness is that it's not affecting just them. It's affecting the community around them. Right. Um, I think that all in all, our family has been very fortunate um, because my son does have a very um, bubbly, unique, interesting personality, and they just kind of assume that that's just part of his, his personality. So that's actually kind of a good thing. It makes it a little bit easier. So we're not having to explain to everybody. Um, one of the things that impacted it the most was when he was in the fourth grade, his, one of his teachers um, would call him out on his behaviors. Um, for example, um, when his, if his bag of books would touch the ground, he would you know, be really scared about that, and he'd pick it up really fast, and you know, he'd be watching out the hall to make sure it didn't go on the ground. And um, she moved his seat away from the hall because she didn't want him looking into the hall. And another thing um, that she did was he would click his pen like this um, when he got done with a test and, um, and just waiting, you know. And I think that was to help the thoughts from not going in his mind or whatever. And he would do this, and she punished him for it. Mm. So I have a question for you. <clears throat> when you were introducing yourself at the beginning... You said you had three crazy boys, which, you know, to someone outside of the situation would be like, how could you possibly call your son crazy? (laughs) But from living inside of that and living with it, Mm -hmm. you know, there's there's often a perception that that's very different. And it's treated sometimes irreverently or jokingly because you kind of have to in order to, to deal with it. So what are some of the coping strategies your family uses that people might be surprised by? Um. Well, one of the things is whenever, and this is a strategy that our, his fifth grade teacher actually taught us, which is whenever he starts feeling anxious, um, here's some more things that go along with OCD is the depression, the anxiety, and the panic attacks. And whenever he was feeling like that during school, his fifth grade teacher gave him um, 
a free pass out into the hall and he could sit out in the kiva and just and, and be alone. And that was really helpful. So we know that when things are getting stressful for him um, or when he kind of has like a more rigid body um, positioning, we can kind of feel it coming on and we don't ask questions when he leaves the room. You know, this, the, you've, you've, you know, you've talked about the teacher and I can't stress enough how critical it is that we be able to talk to people outside our families about this. Um, my own kids, uh, it's more than just my daughter who suffer from things and they're not all the same thing, which is really exciting in my house. And <laughs> I am not immune to these things. I have my own issues. Um, but uh, they have what they call individual education plans, IEPs here in Utah. And uh, my kids who have them, in all of these cases, their teachers know, oh, if there's an episode, if there's an issue, if there's a thing, we have a release valve. And maybe it is you go to the resource center and maybe it is you, you know, you sit with the nurse and I, I don't know what all the strategies are. And I love that I don't need to. I love that we have talked about it enough that somebody else is in place to help my children when I can't. So I think that we could talk about this for days because <laughs> obviously there's a lot of stuff in here. So I think we're going to wrap up and uh, go to homework. Um, and the homework that I'm going to give is uh, to ask you, our listeners, to pick a mental disorder that you think you know something about um, from media and then go and read some, uh, some case studies. There's usually uh, some really good narrative case studies written about various disorders. I want you to read a couple of those, and then I want you to write a scene in which you use the symptoms to affect the way the character interacts with the world around them without ever naming them as a symptom or naming the disease, and see if you can convey what's going on with that character. Just make it part of their normal. Thank you very much, Wendy, for being on the podcast. Thank you, Comic-Con audience. And this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.